Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Tunes and Tumblers fam, before we get to the show today, we actually have something we've never done before. We have a, uh, a new sponsor daddy that we need to promote. Um, it, it, was a, it was a hard uh, thought war, but we decided that we needed to start doing ads now. Because Why was that, Ryan? Why, why do we need to do ads? The biggest thing is that we've been trying to save up for a, um, a Greyhound bus ticket for Drew to go find his cockatoo that he left behind at a station in um, Paris, Texas. So the way you can help us out and help Drew get back his, his beloved cockatoo <laughs> is <laughs> by checking out Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the way that we distribute our podcasts, and it's the easiest way to make one. Uh, Pedro, what is great about Anchor? Oh, my God, what's not great about Anchor? It's free. You have no excuses. It is free. I don't care what your financial status is. It is free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer in case, you know, you suck at editing or maybe you've had a few too many drinks and you need some help. They can do it for you. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You just sit back and it will throw it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms and the best part is you can make money with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need in one place. If it's your first time and you want to get into the podcast game, this is how you do it. Yeah, so download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Please, please, this Greyhound bus ticket will not buy itself. Welcome, all you lonely hearts out there, to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is not just for lovers. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way we assert our self-worth by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail recipes. We invite you to ignore the greeting card industry as we approach the music we love from a rich, fulfilling perspective independent of our relationship status. So put up your feet and have a tear-free V-Day on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and I write a column for Atwood Magazine every other week of the same name but I quickly found that drinking alone is a sad business. So I invited a couple of friends to sit down with me to help me make drinks and have a Galentine's Day of our own. And they are... Ryan, your musicologist. Pedro, your mixologist. But today, I'm just a barback. Yes, because today we have a guest making her second appearance on the show. She's a former bartender and mixology enthusiast who works in the distribution industry. Her first TNT episode is a fan favorite and is much in keeping with today's theme... 
please welcome back our resident love guru, the amazing Liz Brownstein. Hi, Liz. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, we wanted to give the fans more of what they wanted. And we feel that on on this, the the loneliest of holidays. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. That we need someone who understands love and heartbreak uh, as much as we do. So uh, thank you for blessing us with your wisdom. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Don't know how wise I want to be, but Can't let's go for it. decide if that's an insult or... <laughs> yeah, that was kind of backhanded, but I'm also here for it. It's chill. A little note for our friends at home. Our lovely and talented producer, Drew Franzblau, is out sick today. So we are flying solo. We have no one checking the levels. We have no one telling us when we're speaking off axis. It is an off-road X Games version of Tunes and Tumblers today. Yeah, I mean, I can see the levels, but I don't know what they mean. Oh, um, <laughs> if it goes up, it means that you're talking, I think. Ooh. That sounds logical. <laughs> Pedro is just making noises while he looks at what happens. Mm-bah. Oh, yep, it did it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need Drew at all anymore. <laughs> I think I got this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Drew, no hands. Uh, so Liz it's been a long time since we've had you on the show and I think it's time we caught up Uh, why don't you tell us what you've been listening to recently so recently this album that we decided to do this week which I don't know if everybody knows what it is yet so I'm not going to say what the name is this album has kind of pushed me down a really interesting rabbit hole of songs that I grew up dancing to being that I was a competitive dancer for a long time so I have been kind of balancing off if you will, the fuckboy nature of the album with songs by Alanis Morissette, Alicia Keys, Christina Aguilera, kind of the the my girls from the 90s and 2000s, uh, some Britney, some Pussycat Dolls, just all the classics have been right there. A lot of them are back too. Pussycat Dolls and Alanis are back with new music right now. Oh, back and better than ever. Mm-hmm. What's the lineup for the Pussycat Dolls looking like these days? I have no idea. I just saw that. I'm like, huh, who are they anymore? It's just a name. <laughs> hey, now, Nicole Scherzinger is hot as ever. <laughs> you put more than five women together in a room and you can call it the Pussycat Dolls. <laughs> I thought it wow. Fifth Harmony. <laughs> or, exactly. What was that other one? Little Mix? I like Little Mix. Does anyone remember um, Eden's Crush? Yes. Oh, yeah. With no? Aubrey no, yeah. yeah, I think, yes. I think like, Puff, like Puff Daddy put them together, right? Yes, he did. Like, that was like the first... Absolutely one of those did. that he did it was like making the band or something along those lines yeah i saw them open for nsync back in the day it oh, was, wow we're oh, showing our age right now yeah. <laughs> um okay think time's up also i i don't know what we did with our little <laughs> our little hourglass oh, Ryan has it. Ryan's <laughs> <got> it. <laughs> i don't think liz knows about this part I don't know since you've is. been here we've utilized this uh hourglass that is usually used to like help kids keep track of time when brushing their teeth. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we've used it, we've reappropriated it to give ourselves time limits because we realized we were going along yeah. way too long about stuff like little mix. Yeah. So, <laughs> you see how we just trailed uh, off there? It's impression. supposed to prevent <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Ryan just doesn't want to talk about little mix. I, any day He's of a the hater. week. <laughs> when and where. But Ryan, you have the the, the hourglass. You go next. I'm going to turn it on myself. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> so sorry. All right. I've been listening to um, uh, music from the group Gang of Four, whose guitarist and main member Andy Gill passed away last week. Uh, pr- producer of the first two, or uh, one or two of the uh, Chili Peppers' first couple albums. A Brit with a really great noisy guitar sound. Uh, heavy political leanings. Um, has now left, and he was the only touring member, original member with the band currently, so we don't know what the future is for them. So I've been d- digging into the catalog and paying respects. So nice, but it's been good. It's been good to celebrate the music of a band that touched so many. I am a huge fan of Entertainment, and if you have not listened to that album, you really should. That is a Gang of Four album, folks. Yep. In case you oh, I'm Anthony just capitalizing. Was just I'm a big fan of Entertainment, for... everybody. Just, just in general, general. stimulation. <laughs> I love images. <laughs> I love blue light. Yeah, it, that's a great. It's a great record. You have to say it has an exclamation point, so you have to kind of. Shout it's it like when you say entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> come I on. I like the jazz hands that went with <laughs> yeah. that, Pedro. Um, so lately, I've been a little obsessed with uh, Maluma. Um, I follow him on Instagram. He's an incredibly attractive Colombian man, mm. but he's also like I, I love his music too. Um, especially <laughs> songs like uh, I, it's nice <laughs> when that works out. I, like, <laughs> it's, it's funny. Like I, I kind of separate the two. I'm like, there's Instagram Maluma, and then there's the Maluma on my Spotify. <laughs> Instagram Maluma likes horses, and I find that endearing. <laughs> I don't know why. But I do. Um, but music-wise, I really love um, 
Felices Los Cuatro, which is like kind of a cool song about. Uh, it's hard to explain. He's like, he's basically like, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't really care if you like go with someone else. Like, we can all be happy together. <laughs> That's inclusive. It's very open. Um, and then a song uh, HP. Um, he did a song with Madonna called uh, Medellin, which was like really, really good. Um, yeah, Maluma. If you don't listen to him, go listen to him. He is fantastic. And then go follow him on Instagram because he's also incredibly attractive. He's and looking, somebody's, obviously, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some people say that Maluma looks a lot like me or vice versa. I know. Personally, I don't see it, but hey. <laughs> All I'm saying that? is but also I spent a lot of time looking at this man online. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just going to say that uh, while I was uh, traveling in Spain, there was this woman who was part of our tour group who called me Maluma. And I, at the time, had no idea who that was. <laughs> and when we were in Madrid, he was playing their stadium the night that we were there. Oh, shit. That was, it was so nuts. <laughs> so she had me stand next to the poster and be like, you see it? Like, <laughs> I don't know. You're leading a double life. <laughs> You're Maluma. <laughs> Anthony, you, you speak fluent Spanish? Uh, no. <laughs> So what have I been listening to? Um, well, the the single I've had on repeat right now is uh, Mother by Charlie Puth, which is just like kind of a really fun song. He's got really great bass lines. But this one album my friend told me about that I've kind of been diving into is called Atlas Enneagram by Sleeping at Last. It's a concept album where each of the songs is a different personality type on the Enneagram, which is an alternative to like the Myers-Briggs thing. And I don't know too much about what the different personality types are, but these songs are vastly different from one another and you can get like kind of a different vibe. I, I've interesting. Yeah. I've listened to it a few times and I think it's something that will reward even multiple sittings with it. So, mm. you know, tune in next time and I'll let you know which of the, I think there are nine types. I'm really curious. Yeah. What they are. Um, I, Horse I know- girl. <laughs> Loud. <laughs> Meme friend. <laughs> Man, if you are right. <laughs> All right. Well, political um, aunt or uncle. <laughs> the Facebook troll. Yeah. <laughs> but here we are outside of our bar. And for, I think, the second time in as many weeks, uh, our bouncer has no questions for us. Yeah, no, nothing. I remember he liked Liz a lot, though. He's really into that fantasy epic he's been reading. <laughs> Which one is he reading? Um, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's it's yes and Anthony. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's, it's, an adapta- <laughs> it's Brighton Beach memoirs in space. <laughs> space. <laughs> Catching fire. <laughs> it's something that the golden one on YouTube is using for a lot of his ideology. <laughs> oh God, that. <laughs> Oh, God. Did I take oh, it to a dark place? Oh, Lord. Let's go into the bar. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I need a drink. We need something classic to wash down that little flub of mine. So, Ryan, <laughs> tell us, what are we listening to today? We are listening to Future Sex Love Sounds, the second studio album from a Mr. Justin Timberlake. Um, follow up to Justified, and he worked with some interesting people on this one. Rick Rubin was involved. You know what that means? Your album's going to suck. You're crazy for this, Rick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's what we're listening to today because at time of recording, we're leading up to um, a holiday that's not really special to any of us, but, uh, you know, (laughs) it's one we all thought and we all have specific memories to, so there you have it. Sure, we'll go with memories. (laughs) Yeah, the memories I'll never have. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) We just played the instrumental version of Christmas Time is Here while we made this, <laughs> doing the uh, the George Michael Mopey Walk from Arrested <laughs> Development. George Michael Mopey Walk. That's a great gif, and you will not convince me otherwise. <laughs> I won't fight you on it at all. But I want something to drink now rather than later. Uh, what are we drinking tonight, y'all? Um, I think Liz should make us a drink tonight. So I have created tonight something that I'm calling the Love Stoned, um, and it starts with some smoked thyme funneled into glassware that then sits upside down so that the smoke can really sit into the glass. Um, then shaken together is uh, hemp-infused vodka. The only one that I've heard of is Humboldt Distilleries hemp-infused vodka. Shout out. <laughs> and then there is also some port, some orange juice, a heaping amount of Angostura bitters, Monin vanilla syrup, um, and it's garnished with a really awesome heart-shaped ice cube. So the whole reason behind this 
um, the idea of being love stoned is being really infatuated and really obsessed with somebody. So I took a little bit of a on the nose approach to the whole stoned part with the smoked glass and the hemp vodka. Um, but then I also wanted to incorporate a little bit of the Valentine's theme, I guess, um, and include some aphrodisiacs. So the red wine or the port, which also includes flavors similar to chocolate and pomegranate, as well as the vanilla syrup. Um, and then, I mean, being a little bit of a, a bitter person, a little bit of a cynic. Um, that's why there's a full half ounce of Angostura bitters. So it's get so, a shake it's on the that. the most I've ever seen put in a cocktail, but it's so good. No, I was wondering why it's getting so hot in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Anthony, you're really attractive to me right now. <laughs> blame the Ango. Um, oh, how did my shirt get on the floor? <laughs> you're welcome. Um, um, and to kind of finish it off, uh, there's one lyric that really stood out to me in this entire album, and it is one of my favorites. It is, she looks like a model, except she's got a little more ass. So as much as this drink <laughs> might look a little harmless, it's got a bit of a kick. It's very boozy. It's really very alcohol forward, but it also has that smoke, which gives you a really interesting balance on it. So enjoy, guys. Also, if you turn the heart upside down, it is an ass. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot more ass. <laughs> Sure, we'll go with that too. What do you know? <laughs> this drink is delicious, Liz. It's brilliant. Thank you. Yes, we should sell it to that Valentine's Day pop-up they got going on down on Melrose. They don't deserve this. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. Cheers. 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 Well, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Uh, thank you all for being here on, um, uh, you know, I would call it maybe one of our country's top 20 holidays. Uh, <laughs> that's generous <laughs> yes right behind President's Day and Arbor Day yeah. commercially speaking I see it but other than that I don't know <laughs> no I, I think that's a good place to start um, I want to talk a little bit about Valentine's Day as a concept and I know a lot of things get tossed around about like oh it's just the greeting card industry making this holiday and there's a lot of the green card oh greeting card greeting card <laughs> Just the green card industry is letting people in. (laughs) It's that green card racket. (laughs) And that's why at Toons and Tumblers, we're all for this wall. Oh, God. Asterisk. That's a joke. (laughs) (laughs) No one here wants the wall. I'm Mexican. No way. That can be taken out of context. (laughs) (laughs) There's the sound bite. Yeah. (laughs) Any publicity is good publicity, guys. If we get retweeted by, you know, the news outlets and people cancel us, it's just going to lead to more viewers. Don't be surprised if our nudes leak right oh, after. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> leak with, with heavy quotations heavy. around them. But yes, yeah, so Valentine's Day. Um, what do you guys think about this holiday in general? I honestly don't think I've done anything for Valentine's Day since I was in elementary school. And like, you know, you take Valentine's for the whole class and like you give each other candy. And then you give that one special with the two pieces of candy to that one person that you really like. Oh, God, I did that. Because I didn't do that. <laughs> okay, no, I, I feel justified that Anthony did it with me. <laughs> well, do, I want to hear your story, Liz. I, I honestly don't even have a story. I just remember doing that in every single grade, and it was always the same kid because I had a crush on him from, like, kindergarten through, like, seventh grade. Oh, Not wow. doing a shout-out on that name. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, for... You know who you are. He's listening. He's like, <laughs> I, I, I got the two candies. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> is it, So this is what, K through... 2012? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? No. Oh, no. Oh, she gave me two chalky heart candies. <laughs> I remember. Terrible. The sweet tart things. Yeah. I had a, a crush on this girl until about like fourth grade, I think. And um, she loved dinosaurs. And my mom would pack these like dinosaur uh, fruit snacks every morning. And I would give them to her and she would hug me. And that was like. Back then? That yeah. was the highlight of the day. In you were in love. Yeah. Highlight. I was in love. Yeah. But I, I would give those, her those uh, dinosaur, like I would staple them to her um, her valentine and give them to her like, here you go. That's and, pretty slick, Anthony. And that's when I learned that all my relationships were transactional. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why this holiday is so great that's for like, you. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I know. I mean, like, that's a lot of stuff that therapy has to undo now. <laughs> I'm not doing a shout oh, no. out on that name. <laughs> Your therapist is like, God damn it, Anthony. <laughs> uh, what about you, Ryan? Anything, any thoughts about this holiday? Um, in certain parts, I think in Europe, they give keys. People exchange keys, you know, uh, to each other as like a symbol of unlocking their heart. But there was something I learned recently where apparently um, they're given to children too to ward off uh, epilepsy. The same Valentine's. Uh, yeah. I'm the same really Valentine's malady. Yeah. 
Really? I'm not going to get it any further. Uh, look, look it up and that check it out. That's some at-home research <laughs> that's about to happen. I love that part of it. That's true love. My interest is somebody. <laughs> yeah. You want to stop the seizures. You got to stop the seizures. That's true love. Um, no, I think, um, I, I mean, yeah, that, God, isn't that funny? Yeah, school, elementary school was all just buying so much crap. And it was almost like trick-or-treating in that you had a bag to get valentines from everybody else and you just threw all this crap in there they're all the same and then but it was less egalitarian um, than uh halloween like you know if you were a really popular kid or you were a kid who had a lot of girls who had a crush on you you got more you got better stuff i don't know i only ever experienced like the entire class got like a valentine from everyone yeah we we never did the whole like you get one you you can give it to just one or two people. We always did it like you bring it for everybody, or yeah. you don't bring it at all. And if you don't bring it at all, that was that's why that. they, oh, those they like didn't do that at my school. Ones. No, it, no, no. It was it was real bad, guys. You, were, you went to a rich Ooh. school, huh? Where people wanted to know to who was in the school. hierarchy. Oh, yeah. there it is. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. Oh, geez. You got to earn love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before we move on, I wanted to bring up a, a little thing that I read a few years ago. Um, so Valentine's day is supposed to be the day where you like commemorate your love for somebody, you know, you give them flowers, you give them candy, you take them out to like a fancy dinner or or what have you. And to me, that was always like, that's something that you should do always. Oh yeah. Like you should, this shouldn't be the day where you do the thing that you're always supposed to do. And somebody came up with this idea that Valentine's day should be ultimatum day. So like the rest of the year, you put in all the work, you put in the time, you really try and then Valentine's Day comes along and you sit down with your significant other and you have a talk like, should we do this for another year? And if the answer is no, like you, you just break up and that's Valentine's Day. Like, and you move on. That sounds awful. Yes, that's but it would make terrifying. it a lot easier. Make it like the un-Valentine's Day. Make I, it on, what day would that be? Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Isn't that all? No, like August 14th on the six month anniversary of Valentine's Day, then you do it. Or it could be Thanksgiving when like people go home and realize they don't want to oh. be with their significant turkey other. Break. That's yep, a good turkey one. break. Yeah. That's that's what that's called, right? That's, it that's is what one. it's called. Trust yeah. me, I've partaken in it many a time. Um, <laughs> Giving or receiving? <laughs> Both, I suppose. Um, <laughs> She's versed. Here's your break. <laughs> for, for me, I don't know about you guys, but for me, Valentine's Day was always about family. Like, my obviously, like when you're growing up, the only person in your life who, like, as a female, the only person who would give me fat flowers on Valentine's Day was my dad. Or when I got older, my brother. Or, you know, there were years in college where me and my family, we would randomly send each other really, really meaningful gifts. Like, I sent my brother a random stuffed animal that he had lost from his childhood. Or, I guess, our childhood. That's a weird thing to say. Um, and it's like, I it was like a very meaningful thing. So, I don't know. For me, fam- Valentine's Day has always been very family oriented, and lately it's become very friend oriented, and it's been very, let's just say, chick flick and wine oriented for Valentine's Day. But I don't know. I feel like Valentine's Day. I I agree with you, Anthony, and that it shouldn't just be one day where you profess your love and th- this huge grand gesture. Like, why is that only on one day? I think you touched on something very important, and it's something that I've said in some sort of capacity in every episode. Is that in pop culture, we idealize this version of love as being romantic, and that's all it is. But yeah, why not celebrate things like familial love or platonic love, friendship, just the love that we have for each other? Why mm. does love have to be an all-or-nothing romantic sort of thing? Mm. Yeah, it's a fair point. Yeah. But I don't think that JT would agree with us on that, or at least his music wouldn't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> that's right. We have an album we're talking about today. Uh, Future Sex Love Sounds, 2006. Do you guys remember 2006? I graduated high school. Oh, wow. I was a sophomore in high school. I was a junior. Well, you guys can do that math at home. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. uh, (laughs) Carry the the two. uh. (laughs) When When do you carry a two? (laughs) (laughs) Nope, nope, you're already wrong. This this dick over here using common core math. An alien trying to pretend to do math. Uh, Let's see. (laughs) Carry the Q. Yeah. Divide That's right, by right? three. But I think that we was were the all... Year. Yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> that was the year Slayer released an album on June 6, 2006. 666. Oh, my God. Also, You'd the Omen remake it. came out on 666. Which did? Oh, yeah, the Omen the remake. Omen, we, we ditched school to go watch it, and there were like eight people in the theater, and the theater manager was like, you kids didn't buy tickets. I'm like, do you have nothing better to do than to just look in the theater and point a flashlight at all the seats 
She no, probably didn't. No, yeah. That's literally someone's job, Andy. If you skip school, I can only imagine how empty that theater was at like one o'clock on a Thursday or whatever it was. It must have been great. Yeah. It was Well, I for that reason I never saw the end of that movie. I don't know what happens. I assume that the, the demon child gets killed and everyone lives happy happily ever after. No. Welcome to oh, the Valentine's God. episode yeah. where we're talking about demons. Yes. Well, it's all red. I mean, we're talking about red themes. We're talking you know, about the devil. We're love, talking love about of Satan. Talking about Slayer. We're talking about blood. We're talking about family. And Justin Timberlake. <laughs> I was in Texas when that happened. Uh, when that album came out, I remember it was on the TV in the University Center where I was. I was sure talking about for a second. It's not like oh, a track. I'm back talking about Slayer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was, I was at home when it happened. <laughs> and that album dropped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone stayed indoors that day. <laughs> no, but I remember seeing somebody just kind of at the TV, like, oh, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of pearl clutching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of, yeah, exactly. Welcome to Texas. Yeah, um, but yeah, 2006. That was, um, yeah. I don't think this didn't quite come on the radio. It didn't quite. 2007 was when I feel like I heard it a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. That was. I mean, it, it might have been. And uh, yeah, because like the formative memory I have with a lot of these songs, in particular, like if you're going to talk about this album, you got to talk about "Sexy Back." I mean, that song was everywhere. Oh, yeah. And the memory that I have that's associated with that song in particular is fall 2007. No, fall 2006, because I was still a junior. Um, I went to a youth leadership conference in uh, Washington, D.C. You guys remember getting all like the, the mailers for those sort of things when you were that age? Yes. Yeah. So I actually went right to one of those file. things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was a fun time. And uh, like I didn't learn anything about like civics or the government, even though I was. I like sat in on Congress, slept the whole time. <laughs> you actually had a, a great lesson about waste. <laughs> actually, you learned a lot. <laughs> I, I remember being shaken awake by a chaperone being like, do you even know where you are right now? I'm like, I know that I got one hour of sleep last night. <laughs> <laughs> but the going away dance that they threw at the end of this thing, like I just remember just a bunch of teenagers grinding on each other and the chaperones like drunk in the corner and like not doing anything and that like sexy back playing and just thinking like we are gods right now (laughs) we have really different memories of that song we're invincible (laughs) what what kind of memories do you guys have associated like with the first time you heard these songs i remember like it's very vague because i mean it was it was you listened to it so much when it came out it was everywhere and it was on all the time i just remember like driving around at night with like my friends either taking us to like the beach or to go hang out downtown like fucking two in the morning just like just random memories of that just like driving really fast on the freeway with friends in the car and just justin timberlake playing it really was everywhere from uh from sears to club sinister in hollywood (laughs) yeah it was like like you played at a family party or at like a high school dance like it was all over is Club Sinister the uh, Tim Burton themed club? No, it's not. It freaking should be. Yeah, it should be. No. Rename yourself. Check it out, folks. If you haven't been to Sinister, just check it out. Ryan's bringing homework for everybody today. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, exactly. you've got some. Yeah. What about what about you, Liz? Um. So as I kind of referenced earlier, um, as a competitive dancer, I was a very avid fan of So You Think You Can Dance, and in the finale of season two, Wade Robson did a phenomenal piece. Um, to sexy back and that is literally I could still do pieces of that routine because it's still like ingrained in my head same thing with my love it wasn't on so you think you can dance but it was something that me and my friend ended up making up a routine to it I want to say and I to this day it's proto still, tiktok did you make a video we did not make a video no but uh-huh. I still can probably do pieces of it it's just like these songs really were ingrained in the dance culture, I guess. This entire album mm. was so very prevalent and so present in that entire, just the industry that it is, basically. So, it, I mean, the beats hit hard. The The music is phenomenal. I mean, I'm not a huge Timbaland fan, but he, he knocked it out of the park with a lot of these songs. So, It's really interesting that you bring that up because I kind of wanted to talk about the sound of this album. I mean, obviously, pop music in 2006 sounds way different than it does now. Um, how do you think, like listening to this now? How how do you feel like it's aged? I was listening to it today, and I was noticing something that was kind of trippy. Like in the beginning of the album, it's um, you know, pop music is so it's so heavily produced nowadays, and it's very dancey. And there's a lot of, a lot of layers to it, and there's a lot of layers to the songs in this one. But like 
especially you know um like sexy back and stuff like these songs are kind of there's a lot going on in them, but at the same time they're kind of stripped down like they don't feel as like um as overly produced as some other as some other songs do like especially nowadays so like it's it's like a couple beats maybe like a drum pad or something and just like Justin Timberlake beatboxing in the background right like it it feels it feels um very a little intentional. more raw yeah it's like very uh, raw it's intentional and a little like minimalist in some parts of it and then eventually it like changes and it gets a little more like orchestral mm-hmm. and then like i like i noticed um sort of the progression of the songs and i was like oh okay well it makes sense that he went from like the end of this album into like the 2020 experience, experience. i still as big as that album was like i don't remember it the way that i remember this one like yes yeah. this, this is the besides justified which you know had those era defining tracks i mean if you saw a couple years ago um ladybird and there's like this scene where there's like a house party the the year is supposed to be 2002 2003 something oh, like damn, that yeah. and just you you go into this party and you hear cry me a river playing and i'm like <laughs> and that's when i had this light bulb moment like this is a period piece mm-hmm. that's true <laughs> isn't that crazy that we're getting into the point where the early 2000s are a period and you can listen to someone like justin timberlake and that defines that era <laughs> which uh killers album was out at that point which vampire weekend album were they listening to yeah. justin timberlake that's so crazy to me and and i think like um the further that we go like the more we're going to see uh artists and these the sounds that they were making around that time like solidify what it means to be in this era so what do you guys think what does future sex love sounds mean to you in terms of what 2006 looks like it's funny i was i was reading about it today and apparently when they were recording it they called it all the people involved in making it called it thriller Thriller 2006 2006, really which is like colossally arrogant but (laughs) yeah yeah. have you listened to the lyrics (laughs) i'm offended no i'm just kidding (laughs) um but they thought they were doing special something special i think they did and i think it it does it doesn't sound from that era per se right like i don't it doesn't it only sounds like that era because of the memories associated not because of the sound i agree like the production was interesting they didn't they just kind of went experimented a lot and yeah you know they, they make some dubious claims about being influenced by radiohead and uh arcade fire but um, david bowie too was a really big influence apparently is what jt claimed i, I see bowie I more hear, than yeah. i see yeah. Oh, yeah i can hear like fame you know a little bit yeah. that era and oh yeah and certain things but like in the interludes you know maybe they're hearkening to low maybe but in terms of i mean we yeah the time i mean yeah it's a, it's a lot of things. I don't know. I don't know if there's a straight, clear answer for that. I, I mean, think it's really interesting because I think more modern pop music, it has become that very redundant, if you will, fist pumping kind of a song. Like there's always that drop. There's always the. It's very much by a formula almost. And I feel like a lot of these songs were not necessarily as formulaic, but they were also, they were just as dancey. It was like basically... I think just it, this entire album was very ahead of its time in that it is kind of dipping into the pop that we know and love, hate, whatever you want to say today. But and it didn't really I mean, when you look at the songs that it was surrounded by in 2006 in the, you know, mid to late 2000s, it completely stands out as completely different from everything else. Yeah, um, that's a really good point. Um, especially in terms of the episode we just did uh, Mm -hmm. about Billie Eilish. And I think that something can be said about her music and maybe, you know, 10, 15 years from now, we'll be saying the same thing. Like Billie's music stood out because it sounded so different from things in the pop realm. I want to put that asterisk next to it. Like Ryan was really good to bring that up. Like in the pop realm, this sounds very different. And, uh, you know, also the fact that, uh, Future Sex Love Sounds is a more personal record for him. I was reading up on it and he after uh, he did Justified, he was running into like huge writer's block problems. And when he brought in Timbaland and they just like started dabbing, he's like, what like what do you like listening to? Mm-hmm. And he started pulling from his own influences and started instead of because when he was part of like the InSync factory, um, like everything was dictated for him. Like this is the sound that people want to hear and no one ever asked him, what do you want to do? Right. Well, and a really interesting thing that I just learned recently was of the 12 songs on the album, only two ever had lyrics actually written down. He was composing the lyrics in his head as he was going. Mm-hmm. And all the producers were just mind blown by that. Just absolutely blown out of the water that he was standing there. You know, you hear about the people like 
I, I don't know, some really famous rappers who can do this. But when it comes to a true singer, it's not really a common practice. So aside from kind of the more narrative based song or more of the repentant based song on the album, everything else, he was just spitballing. That's just what came out. Kind of crazy. Hmm. Yeah, you definitely see that a lot with rappers now. Um, I work a lot doing behind the scenes for uh, like just doing behind the scenes videos for like recording sessions, um, especially with young rappers. And like they'll just be they'll listen to a beat on a loop and they'll just sit there on their phones like with their note app open and they'll just sit there for like 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And then they'll be like struck by something like, OK, I have the inspiration. And then they'll just get in the booth and lay it out immediately. Like, That's awesome. It's yeah. impressive as hell. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z, I, think, I know Jay-Z doesn't write any, he's like never written anything. Exactly. Down, I think. Really? Like, Thank you. Yeah. That was the name that was completely escaping my mind. For Another you. person who's worked with Rick Rubin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of want to get into Rick Rubin a little bit, Ryan, because it sounds like, uh, well, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, it does sound like you've got feelings, but also I think yeah, he's kind of been a mysterious. <laughs> what do you think my feelings are? <laughs> I don't know what your feelings are. I kind of want to talk about Rick a little bit. I think he's great. I think he's an inspiration. Legend. Yeah. I I just I know that he's a presence and I know that he's worked on all these great things, but I don't think I've ever really got a good sense of like who he is as a producer. And it sounds like you know a little bit, so I want to talk uh, somewhat. I mean, he's worked. I mean, his notoriety I think comes from artists who are like you. You you touched on this earlier of like struggling with writer's block, trying to find their sound, trying to figure out where they were, capture that thing that they once had. Mm-hmm. He's really good. His skill as a producer is getting those people back to that place. For example, it might be, we're going to go to this special house that I know about, and we're just going to get back to the basics. We're going to get back to what inspired you. We're going to like, like not even talk about music for a month. Like we're going to just, you know, we're going to get inside ourselves a bit and figure out, you know, we're going to really dig. We're going to really dig. And that's, so his, when he produces the albums can be pretty intense. It can be a pretty intense experience. Um, making them and there's documentaries i mean the chili peppers made a documentary with their work which um, uh which album of theirs did he produce or albums plural do you know uh, off the top of your hand i think he's done a couple but the first big one was blood sugar sex magic that was one where they oh he was involved with oh that? wow yeah. that's crazy yeah i mean in his history i mean he before producing i mean he was involved with the beastie boys and def jam records in the very very early days when def jam had the beastie boys uh and uh, like Slayer <laughs> and like LL Cool J like had the rap segment of it the rock rap band then the very very satanic metal band Slayer comes up again yeah, love it twice one episode so yeah he was involved with all that and just he's just um, he's a very spiritual guy too and really believes in the process and people just tend to make really great work when they work with him that's okay. why he's like in such high demand uh, I think it was definitely the smart thing to do being that this was his like sophomore solo album Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like really? just like Justified was a very strong album, but yeah. also it seemed like the kind of album where he had been building up to that for so long. Like he like once he was done with NSYNC, like he was so ready to put that out, and yeah. then and then like you're spent, right? Like you put everything in this one album, and you're like shit. I have <laughs> he, to do that again, <laughs> exactly. And he won't work. With, I don't think he'll work with anyone. But if he feels like you have a great album in you or you have something, he has a good, really good sense of that. Like the guy's just incredibly talented and, and will help you get that great album. So I think that's his skill, like in a log line. But someone else would probably say I'm completely wrong and I'm not accounting for all bunch of <laughs> spiritual who knows what. But I think having a really good Rick Rubin primer on the show is important, though. <laughs> uh, but also you were talking a little bit about uh, Pedro just like, um, you know, spending yourself on one album and then having to follow that up. Uh Let's talk about uh, this album in terms of the rest of JT's work. I mean, he's mm. got, what, four albums out now? Yeah, um, I think so. How do you feel this stacks up? Like, how do you, like, what's your sense of where this fits in? Ranking-wise? Not even ranking-wise. Just, like, do you have, like, an idea of who Justin Timberlake is and what does this album say about him in particular? I feel like we've seen such an evolution of him. Mm-hmm. Like, starting with Justified, which in my opinion, was the strongest album. I don't know if I'm alone was, in thinking that. It was great. It was phenomenal. Um, And then going into this very dancey, poppy, like I get that Justified was very dancey, poppy, but this is even like taking, this is turned up to 12. Um, And then going to the 2020 experience, which it's a love-hate. I It wasn't my favorite album, 
Um, there's some really standout songs on there, but other than that, I think that it was it kind of fell flat in some ways. Um, and when it comes to Man in the Woods, honestly, I can't say one way or the other. I haven't really listened to that album through and through, so I'd love somebody else's opinion on that. I think that with Man of the Woods, he was trying to recreate a little bit of the magic that he captured in uh, Future Sex Love Sounds. And I think for better or for worse, like, you know, something or just wasn't all the way there. And I think that this is a different podcast altogether. But I read this really <laughs> right. good. I read this really good piece about um, kind of like uh, rich white artists like retreating into nature and about <laughs> them. Like, I mean, John Mayer did the same thing yeah. and like trying to capture something that they have there. And it really kind of doesn't work. Yeah. Um, again, different podcasts. But I think that we could talk a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have nothing but respect for what JT does. And yeah. I think that 100%. even when he misses, he's all he's always trying. Yeah, 100%. that's what. That, that's what makes him a great artist. Oh, uh, please don't take that as me saying he's not oh, talented. Oh, no, 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 Oh, no. my goodness th- gracious. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, for better or for worse, whatever he makes is true to him, and it's it's genuine. It's artistry. Um, what I thought was really cool about this, because, I mean, Justify, like you said, amazing album, right? Um, Outstanding. But this, to me, Future Sex Love sounds to me, um, he sort of went back to using his, sort of his raw talents, his mm-hmm. beatboxing, his little freestyling, his, um, his like you know towards the end he's got really beautiful like mo- like melodies and he's singing you know with that amazing JT falsetto. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think he just sort of went back to, uh, sort of bringing out his 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 voice and just sort of like leaning on it's what strange. he what he yeah exactly what he, what yeah. he's good at, um, and that sort of led to, you know these these really catchy beats, really catchy lyrics. Um, whoa. Sorry. <laughs> oh, hold room. on, hold on. I, I kind of want to, I, I was going to forget about this entirely, but um, when we were uh, brainstorming this episode, like Liz, you brought up some really good uh, points about uh, how this album has aged. Uh, can we talk just Not a likewise. little bit about that? Um, in terms of the beats, aging great. In terms of lyrics, not so much. I literally have a blurb on one of my pages that is <laughs> entitled "Creepy Lyrics." Wow, just oh, a here huge we go. loogie on the page. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you will, um, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. Flip a table. Um, the the first one that really stood out was uh, Ti's lyric in "My Love." It's "I'll fill your space and forget your face. I swear I will." A little concerning there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like daddy's on a mission to please i'm sorry that's just creepy to me like anytime somebody refers to himself as daddy uh, we got uncles in the room i get it but no it's not okay but <laughs> I, I mean like what about uncle daddy but also you should be wanting to please daddy not the other way around <laughs> well, no your ddlg everyone <laughs> um in, in uh the sexy ladies let me talk to you interlude um in really really quiet creepy whisper timbaland goes i'm tired of arguing it's so creepy and it's not okay with me. Um, there's Simon says, touch yours while you touch mine. Like there's just horrible lyrics in this. That, that one was from. Uh, I'm stealing that Simon says in, idea uh, for my own. But they're thing. catchy. That's in, that's in Chop Me Up. So be careful what you do with that. Um, no, it just, I feel like as the female sitting in this room right now, this is just solidifying the idea that um, for men, and please correct me. For men, a lot of times, sex and love are interchangeable. And as a female, that is not how my brain works. Mm-hmm. Thus, for me, this album didn't age so well in terms of the lyrics. So this is not a sexy album to you, then? You don't, you the don't see this as like a love? sexy as hell. But... Can it be sexy without invoking an idea of love, per se? Well, like mm. when every it, day, because <laughs> I well, think like in, if if you're looking at some of those lyrics, like in the context of a safe space in which you are performing sexuality with somebody, mm-hmm. like those are sexy to me. But if it's just like unsolicited or like to a to an acquaintance <laughs> yeah. or friend, more creepy. If you're okay. just sliding in context someone's DMs, is everything. I say the best for last. And Will I am says, um, give me some of your feminine gelatin. Okay, that is just gross. Okay. <laughs> creepy. I'm that's not creepy okay. no matter what. Like that's that's Ryan been... just gave me the best side I've ever seen, by the that's way. That's been creepy since the day it came out. So. <laughs> he just wants some LA looks and he's you know, wants some to do... LA looks. <laughs> the blue bottle. Liz, I <laughs> I think you're cherry picking here because you're forgetting the best line. I mean, you're missing such great lines such as let's watch Sex in the City or Desperate Housewives <laughs> on Chop Me Up. 
<laughs> if we're talking about lyrics that plant us firmly in a moment in time. Yes, that, <laughs> is, that is a perfect, perfect example. No, don't like. Don't get me wrong. My love will t- forevermore be one of my favorite songs by Justin Timberlake. It is phenomenal. It has sentimentality. It is beautiful. It has an awesome beat behind it. I'm just saying that when it comes to lyrics, not my favorite anymore. A lot of yeah. those weren't his though. Um, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. Um, yeah, only one of those was actually JT. The other ones were Timbaland, Ti, and Will I Am. So, but still, but he, he greenlighted he... it. <laughs> like I, yeah, just when it comes to the uh, culturally speaking, I in the wake of the Me Too movement and the Times Up and everything else, this the lyrics just don't work anymore, in my opinion. Mm. I think now is a good time to uh, look at you, dear listeners, and tell us. Uh, write to us at tunesandtumblerspod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at tunesandtumblers or go on Instagram at tunesandtumblers. Send us a DM. Tell us what you think a more sexy, appropriate album for this era for Valentine's Day is. What is your favorite? Let yeah. us know. <laughs> we have a carrier pigeon port as well at the uh, grocery bargain <laughs> outlet too if you want to mail that way. <laughs> the grocery <laughs> <laughs> How would you do that? <laughs> I just set it up yesterday. So. <laughs> we're good to, we're, we're good to go. Handed yeah. it to the manager and be like, he's just like, yeah. you know what to do with this. Being run by the, no, by the raccoon from Animal Crossing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Tom Nook, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. All right. Well, it is time to move on to our favorite game. But first, if you're still listening, thank you for sticking with us. Please like and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a little rating and a review. It helps us out a lot. Also, follow Atwood Magazine everywhere that you get your social media on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Please do the same with us uh, at Tunes Tumblers at Twitter, at Tunes and Tumblers on both Facebook and Instagram. Also, write us at, at or just write us at Tunes and Tumblers at Gmail or Tunes and Tumblers Pod, Tunes and Tumblers Pod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about the show. Also, send us a mood for this next segment. Hashtag mood. Yeah. Woo! It's a special Valentine's episode of Hashtag Mood. Before we started the show, we drew names out of a hat and we are going to address our moods as Valentine's to the name that we chose. We've got these little hearts that we got at the store and we wrote. <laughs> Our our moods on the back of them, and we just want to make our friends feel special today. So we're going to exchange them. So without further ado, who would like to give their Valentine first? Ooh, me. <laughs> who did you get, Liz? Anthony, I got you. So me? happy Valentine's Day. Here you go. Oh, thank you. Let's see what I got. <clears throat> Says, make a playlist for while you are cooking a special date night meal for your sweetheart. Aww. Very on brand. I like it. Um, so we're going to get into all the love songs right now, and there are really too many to count. Um, I'm just going to go for the ones that like kind of get me in the mood, uh, make me feel pretty amorous when I'm with a special someone. So we're going to start off with nothing compares to you by Sinead O'Connor. Just going to dive really deep, really quick. That was originally Prince, right? Yeah. Prince wrote it and uh, written by Prince and he recorded a version that wasn't released until posthumously. Yeah. In the Warner vault. Yes. Um, next, we're going to kind of pick up the tempo a little bit. We're going to jump into I Can't Help Myself, Sugar Pie Honey Bunch by The Four Tops. <laughs> Solid. Yes. Love that. It's it's just such a cute song, guys. Never gets old. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to kind of bring it back down. You know, maybe like we've had a couple of glasses of wine. I'm still cooking. We're kind of swaying a little bit in the kitchen. <laughs> um, we're going to do Love on the Brain. But my favorite version is not the Rihanna one. It is Cold War Kids and... Uh, oh. it's Cold War Kids and um, Bishop Briggs trading vocals. I gotta hear that. Oh, it's that really sounds good. amazing. I'm all in on is that. Is that live or is that a studio? Uh, they recorded it at Los Feliz. It's so it's like a studio session at oh, Los Feliz. Like there's some. It's like the Los Feliz something. It says oh, so on okay. the <laughs> the farmers market. This was recorded at <laughs> Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so it was recorded at Redacted. But yeah, it's very minimal. I think it's just. It's just like an uh, an organ, and Dope. then the two of them singing. Oh yeah! So it's really good. Hell yeah! Wow. Um, so you know, it's it's been a really good night, but you know what? It's time to eat. Bon appetit! And we're gonna go with the sexiest song I can think of. It is 
Accept My Shaft by Ninja Sex Party. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I did not see that turn coming. That was, Listen, like, that was a big leap. Zero to a hundred. <laughs> hear me out. This song, Ninja Sex Party is a joke band, first of all. They're great, but they are a joke band. This song is very sensual. Except the one lyric where they go into the chorus, they're just like, and now it's time to accept my shaft. And it's just like, <laughs> it does the same thing to you. Like, this was a love song, and suddenly he says the word shaft, and you're like, what? Excuse me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> just listen to the song. If no one's paying attention, no one will hear it. I've got to listen to this playlist no you're making. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds pretty you really don't want anyone to notice the music during it, right? That's yeah. the true mark of intimacy. That song that that yeah that's like you were going 120 on the freeway then just put it in reverse. <laughs> I'm that gif of the guy trying to get off at the <laughs> But I think it's time I gave my Valentine to mm. Ryan. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Oh, look at this. There's a winking heart. I'm just going to focus on the winking heart. <laughs> okay. Happy Hearts Day. It's Palm Springs. The year, 1954. You and your posse have crashed Frank and Ava's annual Valentine's Day bash. Set the mood for ingratiating yourself with the old Hollywood elite before you're spotted and hauled out by Frank's mob buddies. <laughs> so somehow oh. I've, I've either upset Frank's mob buddies or I've there's a previous conflict in this Bible <laughs> that we don't know about. But, um, but I like it. This is a, a unique mood, I think, in that I, I, it seems like I'm restricted to time i'm restricted to the year 1954 you've got parameters got some parameters here That's which detailed. could be helpful yeah so um i'm going to start out with a really great song from that year um perry como's wanted Ooh. which has some great um uh some great double meaning here there's an implication that i'm wanted here but this is also a um you're trying to show them you got your finger on the pulse a bit, but that you're not too crazy. You're not going to be playing any of that hillbilly music yet. <laughs> you're going to play some Perry Como. Yet. yet. <laughs> um, then we're going to go into... I wanted to do a Tony Bennett song here, but the one I wanted to choose was Rags to Riches, so I can just basically through music say to the mob, hey, I'm one of you. <laughs> Started out from nothing, came here, family. made a name for... Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Started um, from the bottom, now we yeah. It was something I really interestingly, the year you chose is the year that Billboard started doing Hot 100 singles. Really? They didn't have it in 1953. You got lucky. 54. Yeah. <laughs> 54 was the year they started doing them. I was just trying to choose a really year before Ava divorced Frank, honestly. <laughs> um, so then we're going to go into um, Vaya con Dios, May God Be With You by Les Paul and Mary Ford. Oh, that nice. is a great choice. Um, that's a that was a song at the time. I mean, Les Paul and Mary Ford recorded. They were just genius at picking hits and recording these just great duets. So we're gonna go with that, um, and then we're gonna end it with the Queen Doris Day, rest in peace. She died in May 2019. So I thought, what better to end it with her, with her version of the standard? It had to be you. Hell oh, yeah! Oh, that's good. Well Ryan, done. there you go. I love. Yeah. I love. Have you seen that movie, A League of Their Own? Yeah, that girl. She she sings that song, and she's like oh, wasted. Yeah. She's like, "I'm singing to Nelson, ain't I, baby?" <laughs> Dude, that movie's so classic. Anyway, Brian, who are one. you? Gifting? Good mood. Good mood, Anthony. Very good mood. Very well good thought playlist. out. Thank you. All right, uh, this one, uh, this Valentine goes to the one and only Pedro. <gasps> Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Ryan. Valentine's Day. All right, Big here we love go. Coming your way. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Another year, another Build-A-Bear destroyed by Schluppy, your wily mountain bulldog. <laughs> your spouse is furious at the loss of another Valentine's Day gift. <laughs> it's either me or Schluppy, they say. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> oh my God. It's Schluppy, obviously. So, yeah. Well, don't get ahead of me. So, first of all, I... I mean, I see Schluppy has it, and he's just going to town on this poor Build-A-Bear. So it's, the first song I have to pick is Hey, Bulldog by the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, I finally get it out of his, you know, his maw, and uh, I'm examining the poor Build-A-Bear, and it's torn by Natalie Imbruglia. <laughs> 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 and it is beyond repair. 
Um, once my spouse sees this, they are just so angry. And I mean, they're giving me an ultimatum. I'm like, what's it going to be? Because I can't pretend anymore. So I'm choosing Don't Let Go by En Vogue. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Nice. And so basically, I just have to tell them to fuck off and die. FOD by Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't choose. Oh, I chose, chose Schleppy. I chose okay. Schleppy. Schleppy all, right. all day. Schluppy's a day one. He was he was there before you. He was a day Folks, one. Folks, if you are listening, we're trying to get the hashtag Schluppy all day. <laughs> Can you oh spell Schluppy for the folks at home? <laughs> Schluppy is spelled the usual way. No, I'm just kidding. S C H L U P P Y. All day. <laughs> hashtag Schluppy all day. Let's get this trending, guys. Um, so yeah, there's my playlist. Wow. Well done. Well done, <laughs> And I got our guest. I got Liz. <gasps> Yay! Happy Valentine's Day, Thank Liz. you, Pedro. Happy Valentine's Day. And um, yeah, here here we go. Um, it's Valentine's Day, and you're single AF. Time to buy a pint of ice cream and open up those heart-shaped chocolates your mom sent you. What are you listening to while you're crying to your Ben and Jerry's? Wow, this is going to be a downer of an ending, guys. <laughs> So I'm going to start off with um, a remake of Kanye's version, Heartless. I'm going to start with the, tr- the phrase version because it's just so much more haunting and so much darker. Um, that was a great version. It really is. Um, and then I'm going to just segue straight into Why by Any Lennox because you know what? Why <laughs> am I sitting here crying at the pint of ice cream? Um, then we're going to really take this home with... Um, Sorry from Halsey. I don't know if people have heard the softer side of Halsey, but it's a phenomenal song. It's also way too real. Is that, um, the, is that off of her new album? Uh, no, it's off of her album, Hopeless Fountain Kingdom. Um, and it's one of the later songs on the album, and it's so beautiful. Um, and then I'm going to round it out with a song that probably people in this room might not know. Um, I didn't know it until I randomly started watching the the TV show Songland. Um, and it's called Pill for This by Sam DeRosa. And it's basically mm. about somebody who... They're saying if there is a way to make, if there was a medication to make me stop hurting and make me hate you, I would take it. But there's no pill for this. So we need yeah, that pill. Ending on a very big downer note. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Get on it, Big Pharma. Thanks, Pedro. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Guess Yo, that Ben and Jerry's is salted. That's very good. <laughs> Happy Singles Awareness Day. Not y'all. uplifting, but it fits the. You set the scene well. Valentine's Day has a lot of different uh, aspects. You set, to the, it. you set the table for one pretty pretty well. <laughs> guys if you want to join us in this little galentine's day celebration come on down to tonga hut in north hollywood (laughs) we will be there until closing or you can just write us at tunes and tumblers pod at gmail.com let us know who you think had the best mood of the week or give us a mood yourself hit us up on our socials just drop it in the dms we might read it aloud on the air and use it someone already did so Mm -hmm. heaven yeah holla all right. But with that said, I think it's about time to bring this to a close. It's been a great Valentine's Day with you all. Any lingering thoughts before we close the book on this holiday? None for me. I hope you guys enjoyed the drink. Loved it. Yep. I want round two. Get me That's another so ice heart. Good. I hope everyone enjoys their Valentine's Day. Put on some Justin Timberlake and dance in your room Valentine's if you don't Day, have a date. Friendship Day, Singles Awareness Day, whatever you celebrate. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Valentine's Valentine's Day. Day. May no fleas be on the teddy bear you buy from Walgreens, (laughs) whose legs are too long. Walgreens. (laughs) I'm going to end by saying what I said at the beginning of the pod, which is let's destigmatize platonic love, familial love. Uh, You know, you don't have to be in love with one person for Valentine's Day. Just celebrate the people that you have. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Celebrate love. Celebrate love. Yeah. All right, or as Anthony said, uh, you know, put your shaft in somebody. <laughs> Beautiful. Accept the shaft. Accept the, Accept shaft. the shaft. That's what it was. It Free the shaft. <laughs> Free the top dog. Thank you for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. Please rate and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. We mean it. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, not this time, by Drew Franzblau, although he will have done the editing by the time you listen to this. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. And until next time, cheers. 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 And here's a little poem to send you out on Valentine's Day. The times we've had, the times we've missed. 
the times we've embraced and the times we've kissed, the times we've loved, the times we've laughed. And now it's time to accept my shaft. God damn it. <laughs> and I think about halfway through, oh, I saw boy. where that was going. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.